Welcome to the Rapid Change Matters podcast. My name is Howard Cooper, and for over 14 years now, I've been fascinated with helping people to create personal change quickly. But I still come across many who believe that lasting personal change has to take a long time, consisting of reliving traumas or deep psychological analysis, or simply that flawed notion that understanding why you have a problem will somehow make it go away. I'm on a mission to get people who work therapeutically with others to shift their thinking and realize that these beliefs are not written in stone. Rapid change can happen. So, to help you open up to what's possible, I'm interviewing top therapists and agents of change who are out there getting real results with real people really quickly. Before we get to the interview, I just wanted to let you know that I've written a quick-to-read, downloadable PDF on five strategies to amplify your client's response, with some great tips on getting your therapeutic suggestions to really sizzle. You can download this for free from rapidchange.works, where you can also find all the information about this episode and episodes still to come. Now, over to the interview. Today, it's my pleasure to be sitting here with the founder and voice of natal hypnotherapy, Maggie Howell. Natal hypnotherapy has certainly gained a huge amount of traction over the last 15 years, with well over 100,000 women having used the techniques as part of their birth process. Additionally, having personally trained over 1,200 midwives on hypnosis and how best it can be used to support women at this time, I'm really looking forward to talking with her today about her views on change work. Welcome, Maggie. Hello there. Hello. Um, first of all, thanks for joining us. And um, really just to kick things off with, I was hoping that you could uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do and, and how you got started. Sure. Um, well, all of this started kind of almost by default, really. It, it, didn't, it wasn't something I ever planned. Um, I was pregnant with my first child, which was now 16 years ago. And I was a, um, a, a busy a professional woman. I worked for um, a sales and marketing company and I traveled a lot and I was very, um, I, I did a lot of conferences. And when I was pregnant, I obviously began to think about the birth and, and like most women had quite a lot of concerns and worries. Um, I'd always been brought up being told by my mum that my birth was quite difficult. I was actually born in Nairobi and um, and she had had quite a lot of problems after my birth. So I had quite a, a kind of a, a deeply ingrained view that birth was going to be something that was quite difficult. Mm -hmm. At the time, my husband was studying something called NLP. Now, I'm sure lots of your um, listeners are aware of NLP. And he had been studying a few um, really fantastic uh, therapists, uh, one of whom was Milton Erickson. And he had suggested to my husband had suggested to me that maybe I look at the use of hypnosis as a means of reducing pain in childbirth. Now, bearing in mind back then, there was nothing like what we have now. It really was almost unheard of. There were, there were no kind of programs out there for women uh, to use hypnosis for childbirth. Mm. Anyway, I, um, I thought, okay, I'll have a look into it. I was very skeptical. Um, to be honest, I but I, I thought it was all going to be a bit airy-fairy, all a bit hippy-dippy. <laughs> and um, I'm sure a lot of the listeners may relate to that feeling. But 
in the interim, I came across a hypnotherapist in business and I saw him on stage and he was using hypnosis for goal setting and performance management and presentation techniques. And that was a language that I understood. And I saw such incredible change in the people he was working with so quickly using this this so-called technique of hypnosis. So that kind of solidified my views to think, OK, maybe it isn't all hippy-dippy nonsense. Maybe there is something in it. Mm. So I went and did a two-day uh, self-hypnosis course and I went in my suit because I wasn't going to be one of those, you know, be jangling earth mothering types. You know? <laughs> I have no idea what you mean. <laughs> But, you know, it's that it's that public image, isn't it, for so many people of what hypnosis is all about. Anyway, I did this two day course and it was all very lovely and I was all very relaxed. And, you know, I was thinking, well, is this really doing anything? You know, I'm lying on the floor, listening to nice music and talking to myself. Anyway, we then did this exercise at the end to kind of really solidify our beliefs around hypnosis. And one of those exercises was to have a nappy pin pushed through our arm, the skin on our arm. For me, that was my light bulb changing moment um, because I didn't really believe it was going to work. Mm -hmm. I still had this little voice on my left hand shoulder saying, that's going to really hurt. That's going to really hurt. But somehow I used this so-called hypnosis and using the suggestions I gave to myself, I was able to anesthetize my arm. And not only did I anesthetize my arm, I also had the suggestions that they, they would, I would be completely free of any bleeding. Mm -hmm. So once we'd had this nappy through our arm and it didn't hurt not only was that incredible was when we took the pin out there was no blood that for me was even more incredible yeah. so that was kind of how I I sort of first got introduced to this incredible world of how we could use our thoughts to change our body and to work with our body mm -hmm. so I then went on and I wrote my own scripts uh, for the birth and I told a lot of people of what I was doing and I was met by 99% um, of people who thought I was completely nuts and thought I was setting myself up for a huge disappointment. And I was really bombarded with so much negativity. It was unbelievable. Um, yeah. I even went to my NCT classes where all the talk was about the pain and the difficulties and you need to write a cesarean birth plan just in case you have a cesarean. And it was just like, oh, my gosh, this is so not what I want to do in terms of my preparation. Mm -hmm. So I kind of added into my script um, like a, a protective bubble. I was protecting myself from any negative thoughts or, or feelings that other people had about childbirth. I then uh, went into labor and I decided with my husband that we were going to have uh, our baby at home, which again was met by all the oohs and the ahs and how dangerous and, you know, all of the, the, the fear and, and, and anxiety that people have around it. Anyway, I then um, went into labor and as a first time mum, I had a very long labour and it's mm -hmm. the first thing I'll say to, to anybody I speak to, you know, your body needs time. Sometimes our body needs time during labour to really get into, into the, the, the swing of what's happening. Don't think that birth should be short because that's actually not always the best plan for you and your baby. So anyway, I had this very long labour, very, very calm, very, very relaxed. And the midwife who turned up was, again, very sceptical. Uh, my husband said to her, you know, Maggie's using hypnosis. Um, and she looked completely perplexed confused, <laughs> and, and wrote in my notes, Maggie using hypnosis, dot, dot, dot. We will see pethidine in fridge. So, you know, in her mind, she was she had the backup of the drugs, mm. but it was actually her who put me on this journey because after the birth, she said, look, Maggie, I don't know what you were doing, but I have never seen a first time mum stay as calm and relaxed as you were throughout the entire experience. She said, what were you doing? Yeah. 
And that was my kind of trigger to to say, okay, I need to find out what I was doing. I need to understand what I was doing. And I need to find a way to get this message out to other women that they can do the same thing. In terms of, uh, you know, I think it's quite impressive as a story and as how you got started that, you know, you mm. were met with 99% of people who thought, what's she doing? What's all this nonsense oh, about? Oh, completely. Yeah. But actually I mean, to I protect remember... yourself from that is actually quite a achievement and... Um, you know, shows certainly a strength of character there. I think, yes, to a degree, but I also, it's something that I do as standard in all my hypnosis now. So all mm-hmm. of my hypnosis recordings for all the women that I've worked with, I build in this protective, this force field, if you like, this protective bubble, because I think it's so important that um, women feel they don't have to absorb other people's negative stories. Because we are living in a world at the moment, especially in childbirth, which is obviously the field that I work in, where the the prevailing thoughts around it is that birth is traumatic is painful is challenging is something to get through mm-hmm. and women will share this story over and over and over and over again so if a particular woman has taken that made that choice to want to be more positive to want to be more prepared to not get sucked into the the drama that's created around childbirth then she needs to have mechanisms that are going to be able to help her to say do you know what i really appreciate you telling me your story but tell me something good about it tell me a really wonderful thing that you remember about childbirth because at the end of the day again I also use a little sort of a a funny way for them to say say you know my baby can actually hear everything that's being said my baby picks up on everything that's being said around me so can you make sure you tell me something really nice for my baby's sake that's really nice really nice way of looking at it so so what is hypnosis for you and how would you describe hypnosis to people that haven't maybe aren't aware of what it is or have a view that it is maybe you know earth mother bangly earrings airy fairy (laughs) stuff I think when I first talk about hypnosis with people, I'll often say, you know, have you ever been in hypnosis? The chances are most people will say no. I will then say I have to beg to differ because hypnosis is purely a natural state. It is a state of mind when we dip out of our busy, rational, analytical, critical thinking part of our minds and float into our what we call subconscious part of our minds. That's how I see it, mm-hmm. that there is there are these sort of two elements of us. Um, and the subconscious is where so many of the things happen that we aren't necessarily aware of and where we also store so many of our all of our experiences, our memories, where all our emotions are happening and so on, as well as all our physical things. So it's that I explain hypnosis as being that time when you sort of zone out when you're still conscious you're still able to do things you're still aware of what's going on around you but you've made a choice whether consciously or subconsciously to just kind of step out for a while and that's when you might be slightly daydreaming or you know imagining going on holiday or thinking about what you have to do for the next few days it's that time where you kind of not in your rational analytical critical thinking part of your mind Hmm. so that's how I explain hypnosis I then move on to say hypnosis is that state. However, what I do is use that state for therapeutic benefit or outcome. So we're using that natural state that everyone has the ability to access, but taking that time to bring about some positive change or a, you know, a shift in your thinking or a new habit. And that's where the therapy comes in, which is why I've always called my work natal hypnotherapy, because I do believe that everything I do is helping women bring about a shift or a change, which is therapeutic for them. Mm-hmm. And how is that different from, I'm sure many people have come across the term, and it seems to be a, a term that's particularly popular over in the States, of, of hypnobirthing. 
it's yeah that's is again quite a long a long one which i won't go into great detail <laughs> but the term thing which was originally a trademarked term in the u.s by a lady called marie mongan mm-hmm. she created a similar program a program using this state of hypnosis to help women to prepare for childbirth mm-hmm. I never used the term hypnobirthing for the first 10 years because it was a trademarked term in the US and yep. also because I felt that my approach was, was as I said, was more about bringing about a therapeutic outcome. What's happened now is it's become a bit of a hoover in a vacuum that, that people just mm. use this term you know, as a generic term for anything to do with hypnosis and childbirth. I would say what makes my approach slightly different to the other ones out there is, first of all, um, the biggest factor is I don't change the use of words one of the challenges i find is that the the american approach originally brought in other words for things like the word contraction they mm-hmm. they believed that if you say the word contraction that there was some negativity around it they suggested using the word surge Mm-hmm. They also suggested that you didn't talk about pain and by not talking about pain and by not using pain or using the word pain that you were somehow going to avoid it. To me, that is counterproductive because the minute you say don't use such and such, that's creating negative energy around that word. Plus, our brains can't not do things. Mm-hmm. So if you say to somebody right now under pain of death, do not think of a pink elephant. <laughs> there you go. The brain can't do it. So if you keep saying to someone, right, don't use the word pain, that's the word that sits in their brain. So it's kind of semantics, really. The fundamentals behind anybody doing hypnosis for childbirth are the same. It is about helping women to learn to work with their bodies, to learn to really get to, to grips with relaxation, with breathing. But the most important is learning how to change your beliefs overcome your fears and to feel more confident about the process so when people say what's the difference the difference is that there are just smaller differences in the methodology behind it but ultimately we're all using the same tool to help women mm-hmm. and and how over the years you've been doing this how have you found the medical establishments responded to this field it's changed it, it has changed a lot you know when i very first started um it was like banging my head against a brick wall. You know, there really was no leeway, no acceptance. However, what then happened was that as I started to work with women from the ground level, the women were going into hospitals saying, you know, this is what I'm doing. And I would get feedback from the women of mixed, you know, some midwives would go, oh, what a load of nonsense. And others would go, oh, that sounds fantastic. Hmm. Um, but what has happened is that the groundswell has picked up and picked up so that more and more women have brought this to the medical profession saying, this is what I'm doing. So they've had to start to listen and to pay attention. I'd say probably about, it was in 2006 that I started doing my first um, uh, training of midwives because I was working with a woman um, she came to me for specific um, fears that she had around childbirth and I was also going to be with her at the birth as a doula now a doula is a, a birth companion not a medically trained person hmm. but someone there to support the mother emotionally as well as physically on the day and this particular woman went into labor six weeks early and so I wasn't on call if you like because I'm, I'm normally on call for the four weeks around childbirth sure. so she ended up going into hospital um, she ended up birthing her baby she was so calm 
she was so relaxed in spite of it being a, you know a premature baby um, they didn't believe she was in labor and so they gave her pethidine um, because they wanted her to sleep until she quote-unquote was properly in labor and because she was early they didn't want to examine her and then the baby was born within 20 minutes which which compromised the baby it wasn't it, it's not something that it doesn't help the baby when the mother's been given drugs and the baby's born that quickly so I then actually did turn up at the hospital afterwards and the midwife that was working with the lady said to me look I didn't understand what she was doing. I couldn't see that she was in labor. She wasn't acting like she was in labor, but obviously she was. So what was going on? And that's when I explained to her what it was that, that the mother had done in terms of the preparation using hypnosis. And the midwife said, you have to tell us. You have to come and tell us what it was because we felt impotent. We didn't know how to support her. And that's how I started doing the training of midwives because they wanted to learn, they wanted to understand, but they just weren't used to it and you know the challenge is that women who use these techniques often don't display the same kinds of characteristics of women who are fearful of childbirth so they're not mm. screaming and shouting and swearing and sweating and all this dreadful nonsense that you do see on you know soap operas and and, and all the rest of it mm. um so m most women who use some form of hypnosis or use these techniques tend to be much calmer, much more controlled, much more just on top of everything, working with their body. So, of course, a midwife who sees a woman like that just assumes that she's not in labor. So, you know, back, back then in 2006, it was, it was completely new for so many people. Now, you know, I've been approached by the Royal College of Midwives to do modules for their online training courses. So it's, it's completely turned on its head to the point where we've now got so many hospitals who want to be trained. Um, I have so many midwives that are, um, you know, are wanting to go through the training or have been through the training, whether mm. they go on to deliver the workshops for women or, or whether they just use the techniques for women coming into the hospital who've already done hypnosis. It's up to them. But we're finding that, you know, the vast majority of trusts are now looking at this as a as an important part of their um, of their care. Um, so much so that the NHS did a, a very large trial that's called the SHIP trial, mm -hmm. which stands for the self-hypnosis intrapartum trial um, a, a few years ago, which was the largest ever trial done on hypnosis in childbirth. And we're looking at, at doing a, a trial ourselves um, with, with a major London hospital. So the fact that the NHS are looking or have already funded this kind of work shows that there has been this shift um, in in the belief about what hypnosis is and how it can support women. It's amazing, and it certainly is a massive cry, isn't it? From when you first started, and ninety nine percent of people are saying, "What on earth are you doing?" Oh, completely, completely. <laughs> Where's yeah. this going? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, back then, the amount of times I had to explain what it was I was doing, whereas now, you know, I'm I've got five kids. I've, I've um, gone on to have uh, four other, or four all boys, all my. Mm -hmm football team all of them born at home so obviously going through the whole schooling system I now I've met so many mums at school who come up to me and go oh you're Maggie oh I listened to you during my childbirth you know it's become I wouldn't say mainstream but it's certainly become something that the majority of women will have heard of even you know whether they're not sure about it they will have heard of hypno hypnosis or hypnobirthing yeah, it, a bit like, um, you know, the TENS machine sort of 30 years ago, the concept of putting electrical you know, pads on your back to send electrical impulses through your back in order to reduce pain in childbirth was completely absurd. Whereas yeah. now, you know, it's just the norm. It's become the standard. So I'm absolutely sure within the next five years, I would I would imagine that pretty much every woman will either at least know about it or will be doing it for their preparation for birth. So what, what do you think to, to help us get to that point? 
are there challenges either presented by the general public or the medical professions that actually you know we need to overcome um yes i mean i think so many of those challenges we have as I've just explained, we have overcome because mm. we have got, um, especially the midwives, you know, on board. I think that's the biggest factor. You know, the Royal College midwives are very open and, and um, you know, encouraging of using hypnosis. I think the next layer up is where we need to begin to be, make these shifts um, uh, is the obstetricians mm -hmm. and um, the doctors. Because unfortunately, what happens is with obstetricians is that they only see the drama you know, they're brought in when things are difficult. They're brought in when things go wrong. So their daily bread and butter, what they see most of the time in childbirth is that it is difficult, it is challenging, it is it is tough for the woman. And so it's they are the ones that I'd love to get the message more out to that actually, no, women still can use these techniques even when things are difficult. I mean, we have so many um, stories and case studies where women have needed medical support. And I do want to stress that actually right now, you know, I am completely not one of these people that says every woman should have their baby at home and that it should all be natural. You know, I, that is not the message that I have. The message yeah. that I have is we are so blessed in this country and, and in the States and Australia and various other parts of the world where we have the most phenomenal medical team. You know, we, I've, uh, I'm sorry, I'm just jumping around a bit. I've just come back from Nairobi. And yeah. while I was in, out in Nairobi, I went to visit a, a clinic up in um, sort of up country. And, it, you know, when you think about the facilities we have compared to the facilities that other people in the world have, we are so lucky. Mm. And we have it on tap. So if a woman needs support, it is there instantly. And so I'm very much of the belief that, you know, we birth in the maternity system that we have and that there are times when women will need medical support or they choose to have additional support and that is absolutely perfect for that person but what the hypnosis can do is help them deal with any situation or any outcome that comes along so if a woman does need to have a cesarean section she is still able to use the techniques and I had a story the other day a woman mm. explaining that she did have a cesarean section and her quote was but I was the calmest person in the room <laughs> So she was able, she was totally congruent with the decision. She felt that was the right thing for her and her baby. And as it turned out, you know, her baby was in a very compromised position. So would it would have been really hard to give birth vaginally. So the, mm. the cesarean was exactly the right thing for her. But she was able to use the techniques to just completely get to that point of stillness, that calm, stay breathing. And what they also said was they were shocked that when they looked at the baby's trace, the baby stayed completely calm as well so that mo the mother staying calm keeping that breathing going was able to keep the oxygen going to the baby and helps that keep the baby calm so i've kind of completely forgotten what your question was because i've gone off on <laughs> no 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 <laughs> I, I think we were discussing the the, the challenges uh that there yeah. may be to overcome um in relation to to helping get this message out there and more people on board and we're talking about the doctors perhaps yeah. uh getting more on board with this um yeah. would you suggest because knowing about hypnosis and suggestion mm -hmm. would you be as bold to say that currently there are doctors and people within the medical profession helping people or uh, trying to guide people through this process of birth who actually because they're maybe uninformed are giving people unhelpful suggestions or actually making things worse Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I've worked over the years with a, an amazing guy called Michel Odon, who mm. is a, a French uh, surgeon um, and who's done a lot of work in, in the childbirth area. He has always talked about something called the nocebo effect. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, we know about the placebo effect, but the nocebo effect is where you're given 
kind of negative uh, messages which actually bring about um, the change that they're talking about in a negative way rather than the opposite. It's like the opposite of a placebo. Mm. And, you know, he's, he's often talked about antenatal care having this nocebo effect because, in, a, in essence, from the minute you get pregnant, you're treated as high risk. Mm. Everything that happens from that very first meeting with the midwife is all about potential things that could go wrong. So every time you have your blood pressure taken, there is that little glimmer of fear that, gosh, what happens if my blood pressure has gone up? Something's gone wrong. You know, when you have blood tests, every time they measure your baby, there's just this constant fear that maybe something's going wrong. And so, you know, it's a really tricky one because there's this very fine balance between the fact that we have this phenomenal healthcare system that is saving people's lives and saving baby li- babies' lives. But on the flip side, it is creating a lot of anxiety and a lot of tension in women. And, you know, there is so much research being done now on the impact of fear in childbirth. Um, mm. In fact, you know, there's even research tools that have been created specifically to measure fear of childbirth, which have been used on many, many, many different research projects. So it's become big enough as a as a concept that we are researching it you know, across the world. And so that the difficulty is that so much of that fear is coming from the care that women are given with a view to long-term protecting them and their baby so it's this kind of catch-22 you know it's how can we still provide that care but at the same time also helping to increase women's belief and confidence and trust that their body knows how to do this because you know we are essentially mammals and as mammals we have everything we need to birth our babies Mm. that's the way we were designed problem is when our brains get caught up in so much of this fear and anxiety it stops our body from functioning in the way it was designed and would you say that someone has to consciously uh, be on board and believe that this stuff's going to work for it to be effective? Or as you discovered when you talked about having the nappy mm-hmm. pin pushed through your arm, yep. it worked despite you still having this little voice in your head that went, hang on a second, is this yep. really going to be all right? Yeah, I, I, would, I would say, actually, no, you don't need to believe it's going to work. Um, I've had many, many, many people who have said, you know, I listened to the CDs and I thought, you know what? I'm sure it's going to work fine for all those earthy mothery people out there. <laughs> and I'm sure for those of you that are going to have home births, it's going to be great. But, you know, is it really going to make any difference? And they say, you know, it was lovely listening to it. I really enjoyed it because I was relaxed. But you know what? I actually didn't believe it was really going to work. Yeah. But. And then comes the story. It's the but. Quite often what we hear is that, you know, they've listened to this over and over. And then when they go into labor, something kicks in. That phrase, something kicks in, I read so many times. It's it's that point of where suddenly they let go and let it happen. And because they've been through the process of overcoming their fears, working with their bodies, knowing how to relax their bodies, increasing their sense of confidence, which has all been happening very gently, very subtly throughout their preparation when they listen to the hypnosis. When, it goes into, when their body goes into labor for real, that subconscious part of them goes, yep, done this before because they visualized it over and over again mm-hmm. i know what to do with that first contraction i'm going to breathe down to my baby i'm going to relax my shoulders and it all just sort of goes into autopilot so it's again a slight misunderstanding people think that maybe the hypnosis for birth is that you do it on the day that you know on the day right everybody quiet i'm going to do my hypnosis now that's not the point the hypnosis is all done as the preparation. As again, I'm sure if you've got therapists listening, you know, most of the hypnotherapy you do will be all about 
preparing somebody to deal with daily life, the situation when it happens for real. So if somebody's got a fear of presentations, that you're doing the hypnosis to help them cope on that moment when they stand up on the stage. And that is exactly the same for childbirth. You're doing all of that preparation in advance so that when your body goes into labour for real, the, all of the, the suggestions and the triggers and, and the techniques that you've learned just begin to happen. Absolutely. C can you give me a couple of real examples where you've witnessed um, uh, rapid change? And as you know, that that's that's kind of, you know, my thing. Um, yeah. Helping yeah. people to, to see profound transformations that can yes. happen quicker than maybe traditional therapies would allow us to believe they can. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a couple that come to mind. I mean, the first one is um, was when I was when I work one to one, um, bearing in mind the majority of my work now is done through group sessions, through antenatal classes and through my recordings and, and training. Um, so I don't do a huge amount of one to one work anymore. But I remember this. There's this one particular lady who came to see me. She'd had a really, really difficult first childbirth. Mm -hmm. um, to the point where she felt that she had been abused during the labor she felt she, she had she'd had sexual abuse in her past which made obviously a lot of things kind of come to the surface during labor um, and this had never been dealt with before and she then had a, a doctor come in and do a very rough internal examination which of course brought back as you can imagine some really really terrible terrible um, emotions connected with all her previous experiences so when she got pregnant the next time round, she was absolutely terrified and she came to me um, for a session and I didn't know anything about her background she just said I want to come and have a session so within that one hour um, or it was probably an hour and a half we talked through initially what happened every time she she talked about the experience with the obstetrician her she became flushed she became slightly shaking I could see the emotional intensity that mm -hmm. was going so what I did with her was I did some EFT Mm -hmm. which is emotional freedom technique, which is kind of a, a tapping process. It's a bit like kind of um, emotional acupuncture. So I did with her going through that scenario that uh, with the obstetrician. And then we did some hypnosis to kind of consolidate what had happened. By the end of that session, we talked about the experience again. And as she was talking about the obstetrician and what he'd done, she took a huge big breath of out breath and she giggled. <laughs> and I said, what thought just went through your mind? She said, it was awful. I shouldn't. I said, what thought just went through your mind? She went, I just feel sorry for his wife. <laughs> <laughs> so from coming to me with absolute terror and a huge history of trauma, yeah. within that one session, she was able to release that negative energy and as I say to all my clients, you know, you can't change what happened to you in the past, but you can change how you feel about it. And that's exactly what happened. It was like she'd had this little cage inside that was locked in, just held onto this horrible, horrible feeling. And that cage had been opened and those feelings had been allowed to go. And so she still had the experience. It still happened to her, mm -hmm. but she was able to look back on it now without all that, that, that negative yuck feeling that she might have had, you know, sort of deep within inside her. So that was one example, which is fantastic. And just just to, to jump in there, the anyone who's listening and maybe a bit sceptical may have in their heads these little words that go, "Oh yes, but was it really long-lasting change? Yeah, did it did it really last forever? Was it really permanent and so on?" Yeah, yeah. She went on to have um, an incredible home water birth. Yeah. And um, I think she had two more babies after that. So I can't say whether 
you know, I didn't work with her beyond that experience. Um, I, I went to visit her after the birth and she, mm. she, she talked to me about how incredible the birth was. So I can say it definitely lasted the six months uh, until she had her birth. But the fact she went on to have two more babies at home, I would suggest that that, that did stay with her for yeah. a very, very long time. Or certainly as long as it needed to. Yeah, yeah. It, exactly. Because, you know, we are, we change all the time as humans we are constantly changing and adapting and so issues that were really big for us at one point in our life may no longer be big for us at another point in our life mm. um you know i have i have five growing children and you know the amount of the times that when my five-year-old you know the most important thing on the planet is the fact that his brother took his lego is you know it's so intensely important to him well, i right can relate now. to that <laughs> you know these are these are the big issues. Absolutely. You know, whereas my 15 year old has really very, very different challenges. And I'm sure when they're 30 and 40 and 50, um, you know, we, we change. So, yes, the change that I can help bring about through the therapy that I do mm. is the change that that person needs at that particular point in their life. And maybe in 10 years time that particular issue may no longer be so important. So, yes, I, you know, does it last forever? I, I think nothing lasts forever. Things keep changing. Yeah. Cool. And you were about to tell me there was uh, something else you, you said there was someone else that you uh, came to mind. Yeah, um, again, but that was more in a group setting. Mm -hmm. um, we um, again, it was a very, very challenging one because it was a um, it was actually an assessment because part of the training that I do with my practitioners is they have to run um, an actual course with couples as part of their training um, yep. so that I'm there as their mentor to guide them and support them. And there was one particular lady who came on her own because normally people come as a couple. And yep. a lot of the work we do is to help um, with the beliefs of the father because Again, you know, I'm such a strong believer that if the father has got fears and concerns that he hasn't been able to address and let go of, he's going to bring them into the birth room. And if he's project if he's got that inside, he'll be projecting that. And that's going to make mum, you know, it's not going to help mum to relax. So if we can help guys to address their fears, come up with their own, you know, solutions and fight and teach them techniques to help mum do those things, then you've got a really strong team. But this particular client came and she was on her own um, and she asked if she could bring her sister. So I said, absolutely. And what we do with all of our courses is we send out a pre-course questionnaire because I think it's vitally important that we understand people's fears and concerns before they come on the day. Because when you're working in a group, you can't necessarily go into detail with each individual client. Mm. So on the form, um, I, 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 one of the questions about was this a planned pregnancy? And um, she put very bluntly, no, it was a raped pregnancy. Mm. so you can understand how you know immediately the thoughts and the fears and the concerns that, that that brought up but she had booked on this session so of course we were going to go through it and of course those 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 questionnaires are completely confidential so we don't discuss those with anybody else um and so of course that that weekend was vitally important for her because this was her opportunity to be able to begin to work with her baby as a baby and not the result of what had happened and so in the two days even though it was in a group setting she was able to go through all the exercises she went through the tears we nearly always have tears on a course because there is nearly always a time when suddenly people realize that they've either accepted their fears let go of their fears or they found a way to deal with them hmm. and at the end um I, I saw her sitting on her own and i went over and i just still said you know how, how are you doing and she looked down and she smiled she said i really have a little baby don't i he's a baby and I think that was the first time she'd sort of connected with the fact that this was a real baby and not just because of what had happened to her. 
So, you know, and that was done in a group setting. But because of the the, the process of the course, you know, we, we go through some really serious, some really significant change techniques that we don't necessarily explain because there's, you know, you don't necessarily understand the process, but they go through that process. And in just two days, you can go from feeling, you know, like how she felt at the beginning through to acceptance that she she was going to work with her baby. Absolutely amazing. And, and and really, really, really nice to hear. Um, so if there are people out there who want to, to either refine their skills or, or start learning about change work, how would you recommend they go about that? Um, I mean, gosh, there's lots and lots of things in, in, in change work in general. Um, you know, my personal training was in NLP mm-hmm. and hypnotherapy and EFT. I think, for you know, I, I created a combination of all of those in the work that I do. Um, I would suggest that, you know, you, you find that if hypnotherapy is something that you want to look into, that, um, you know, you do a really good course. You know, do, please don't go for these kind of two day master hypnotherapist courses that unfortunately are out there. You know, look for a really good in-depth course that you do over a period of time, maybe mm. a year. I did mine over a year and a half. Um, so you can really consolidate your learning and, and get a mentor and, a, you know, somebody to support you um, through that process. Um, in terms of, of the work that I do, um, I do training courses for people who want to train in natal hypnotherapy, which isn't qualifying you to be a hypnotherapist. And I really want to clarify that because yeah. I teach a, a set a program. Um, so the scripts are already created. So you don't need to you know, you're not required to do that. Um, so the the, the, hypnothera- the natal hypnotherapy is uh, for anybody who has an interest in childbirth and therapy. So I get a mixture of midwives and hypnotherapists. Um, and then, you know, it, it's about talking to people and, you know, maybe meet up with your local therapist that you, you know, you would like to get to know more about what they do, find out where they trained, because the challenge is, you know, you want to find a course that's going to be right for you. And there are so many different courses out there. And, you know, I trained 15, 16 years ago, so I don't know, unfortunately, which ones are the good mm. hypnotherapy courses at the moment. I'm sure you probably have a much better view of that than, than I do. Are there any books uh, that certainly made a, a big impact on you or things that you could recommend people could go out and buy and, and, and read and it would... Uh... Sure. I mean, when I first did my training, I was absolutely fascinated by, the, you know, the way we could use our thoughts to affect our body. That's kind of the thing I was really interested in. And so I originally read quite a lot of work by Louise Hay, which I think is a fantastic starting point for many, mm-hmm. many people. Um, I was then introduced to a book um, by a chap called Defelson, Um and he wrote a book called The Healing Power of Illness. Mm-hmm. It's quite that, hard to get Thor- Thor- Thorwald? Thorwald Defelson, mm. that's right. Um, the Healing Power of Illness. And it took kind of the work that Louise Hay had done to a much, much deeper level. And I found that absolutely fascinating. So that was definitely a really, really good book um, mm-hmm. if you're interested in that side of things. I also read quite a lot to Milton Erickson, mm-hmm. which, you know, I still think is completely valid today. And there was some uh, you know, really mind blowing, thought provoking um, work that he did uh, in terms of obviously my my whole career has very much been around childbirth. And there are some fantastic books out there. Mm. Um, I have my own book, which um, explains in my terms and sort of in the kind of more layman's terms about what hypnosis is, what hypnotherapy is and how people can use it themselves. And obviously how that relates to childbirth. Um, and that's called Effective Birth Preparation. And that's a, a again, it's a it's a very easy to read down to earth kind of workbook style book. So it's not heavy in any any shape or form. Um, mm. And then um, I mean, there are so many different books out yeah. there on hypnotherapy in general. But I'd say those are the ones that that, that immediately come to mind. Um, 
that have, have really been had a profound effect on the way I work. Fantastic. And um, in a moment, I'm going to ask if people want to get hold of you or find out more about you, how should they get in touch with you? Um, mm -hmm. But be before you give us those details, uh, which we will, uh, as I said, put up on the, uh, the Rapid Change website and also be uh, a link to on the iTunes uh, podcast details. Mm -hmm. um, is there anything else that we haven't covered that actually from a perspective of Rapid Change, you know, comes to mind or be useful to talk about? I mean, there's so many things on, on sort of one-to-one -one level. I think, the you know, there there is this, I think for a lot of people, the, the time needs to be right. It mm -hmm. needs to be the right time to bring about that change. Because, again, if you're, if you're if you if you want to have change because of other people if other people are suggesting that you make the change then maybe that's not the right time so i do do believe that people need to be in the right place at the right time to want to make that change yeah so i'd say that would be one thing um Again, I think in terms of the therapist that you choose, there needs to be that level of trust and level of rapport with the therapist. Because over the years, I've had people say, oh, you know, hypnotherapy doesn't work. And the first thing I'll say to them is, you know, how did you feel about your therapist? And quite often the phrase will be, oh, I didn't really connect with them. or oh, I found him a bit sleepy. No, I didn't really like him. Mm -hmm. So that that's something, again, that's really, really paramount. paramount. I think people need to feel com comfortable and confident with the person that they have chosen um, as a therapist. Um, so those those are probably the two things that I think if, if you are looking to make the change in your life and there are things that you want to do, then then I'd be really, you know, to have to bear those in mind. The, imp the importance of connecting with whoever it is that's helping you. Yeah. And, and, and doing it at the right time. Yeah. To yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Exactly. I, I think that's it's really interesting and really helpful. The so if people do want to get hold of you, um, mm -hmm. uh, if you've got a website or yep. emails or phone numbers or things like that, what, how, how can people do it? Yes, um, I, I have a website which is natalhypnotherapy.co.uk, mm -hmm. and um, on there you can find all the information out about what I do. I also have a blog and a Facebook page, all under Natal Hypnotherapy. So if you look that up um, or looked up Maggie Howell Natal Hypnotherapy, you'll find out lots of stuff about. I have a YouTube channel as well with uh, lots of clips on um, explaining a bit more about what I do. Uh, and if you want to get hold of me, then it's maggie at natalhypnotherapy.co.uk. Fantastic. And um, before I uh, obviously thank you for your time and uh, for giving us and all our listeners some really interesting food for thought, um, I did want to tell everyone that, um, that the work that Maggie does, um, I can personally testify and recommend because um, certainly we went through uh, the natal hypnotherapy process with our first child uh, and my wife had a very relaxed uh, birth um, to the surprise of many of the medical uh, professionals in the room. Uh, Brilliant. So, um, yeah, we'll always be very grateful to Maggie for, for that and helping us through. And uh, fingers crossed, five weeks' time, <laughs> we're doing it all again. Absolutely. Well, my pleasure. And it really didn't have a huge amount to, to me because uh, ultimately it's it's your wife and you that, um, that made that really happen. Lovely. Well, thank you again. And, um, yeah, it's uh, really appreciate your time today. My pleasure. My pleasure. Take care. Thanks a lot. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, why not share it with anyone you think might be interested and even head over to iTunes to give us a glowing review. You'll find more about what's coming up on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash rapid change works. And of course, you'll find all the links related to this episode, plus those free five steps to getting your suggestions to sizzle over at rapidchange.works.